0: Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church where we are one church meeting in 5 different locations and our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at oursaviorschurch.com. We have been in a series called This Is Our Story and we've just been tracking along last week. If you didn't get last week if you weren't here, please go listen to the podcast and uh i mentioned hannah last week hannah the in the bible who could not have a child and she prayed and dedicated she prayed a prayer like this lord if you would give me a son i will dedicate him to you all the days of his life following this service this uh this at the 10 30 service i'm going to dedicate three children to the lord and that's where we really get the dedication i'll give this child to you for the rest of his days and then, of course, the Bible says that the Lord opened her womb and she gave birth to Samuel. Samuel's a very key figure in, 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 the, in our history. When I say it's not Israel's history, it's our history. This is, this is one of our family members. Samuel is going to really be the first prophet of Israel. Didn't mean that there weren't prophetic words before. He's going to walk in the office as a prophet and also serve as the last judge before Israel is going to get its first king, and uh, it was it was it was always well, I'll show you in just a moment. But there, there, there's the, the 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 Israel was led by judges, and Samuel also operated as a judge. Now he's the key figure as we go into our story in the book of First Samuel. Many of you read uh, previous uh, along with me this week, and I'm going to take you. Samuel is going to serve Israel as a prophet and a judge and now he's getting older and we're about to go into the monarchy which means Israel is going to get a king and uh, we're going to look at Israel's first king and his name is Saul. Uh, I thought about naming this message The Power of Pride. Yeah, so this not, is not one of those you're, you're not going to shout me down today. You're just not. You just want, but, but pride is, I mean, there's, there's, the scripture tells us some things that the Lord really despises. And one of those is pride. And uh, we're, so I, w- I want to show you what pride can really look like. And then you also have to take that, what, what it really looks like, then you have to apply it to your own heart. You have to say, what is God saying to me? There's a reason why God puts all of this in here so we can read it and look at it and then you're not really judging the book. You're not gonna judge this message. The book and the message judges you. Are y'all tracking with me? And so I want us to go to chapter eight. We're picking up with Samuel and uh, we're going to get into the first king is, is, is going to be selected. As Samuel grew old, so Samuel's getting older now, He appointed his sons to be judges over Israel. Joel and Abijah, the oldest sons, they held court in Beersheba, but they were not like their father. Samuel was a righteous man. They were not like their father, for they were what? They were greedy for money, and they accepted bribes, and they perverted justice. Okay, can we just push pause for a second and just kind of deal with children that are not serving the Lord? So here you have Samuel, the prophet, and a judge who was a righteous man, yet he has children that he appointed as judges. Samuel was a righteous man, but he made a very vital mistake. He appointed. It wasn't God appointed. He appointed. I'm a pastor. I lead a church. This is not my church. Heidi and I, this is not our church. This is Jesus's church. He is the Lord of the church. I have a son who also is serving in ministry as our children's pastor. Uh, you go, and, and you could say, oh, one day they're gonna turn it over to William. Listen to me, let me look right here. That's not my decision. I, I pray he serves in ministry and one day, is he going to be the pastor? I, I doubt it. I mean, if you're asking me, I mean, probably he and Elizabeth one day will go plant a work somewhere, go start a church. Uh, it's not who, who, whoever comes along is not appointed by man. It's appointed by God. And God can do whatever he wants with his church. Are y'all hearing me? So you see this happening here. And by the way, if you have children that you're looking here and, and they're, they're wayward, how many of you are praying for a child that right now is not serving the Lord? That so there's a lot of you. And, and so you're going, and, and by the way, none of us, let's be honest, none of us see clearly the sins of our children like we see the sins of somebody else's children you are so biased when it comes to your children. No, just go ahead and admit it. Just say I'm guilty. No, no, you always see the best in your children. None of us see our children correctly. We would call it blind spots. Every one of us has blind spots, specifically when it comes to our children. Yeah, somebody, the teacher could send home a note and say, Johnny was acting up today and he wasn't, and mama already begins, well, he had a bad day early, the morning was bad, and it was, you, you're already making excuses. H- how many remember old school days? Like, if you got whooped at school, you got whooped at home. <laughs> mama and daddy didn't even ask no question. What, you got whooped? Get in here, you're getting another one. No, but it wasn't my fault. How many you know things have changed, haven't they? Now they go down there and try to get the teacher fired. Come on, teachers, I got your back. No, we're biased when it comes to, let's go ahead and confess that. It's, we all have blind spots. By the way, it's why you do need people around you who love you enough that will speak truth to you, that will pull you aside and go, baby, what you're doing's not good. It has happened in our life. Pastor Jacob and Michelle have done that to Heidi and I through the years. Pulled us aside and said, man, we love y'all. Listen, but there's something you don't see. And listen to me. Every one of us has blind spots. Things you don't see. And I would say to you, you and, and don't even take that as uh, I'm less than because I have blind spots. No, you're supposed to have blind spots. You're supposed to. It's why you need God. And you need other people in your life who love you that can say to make us, so we're not independent, we're interdependent. Not codependent, but interdependent on Jesus and the brothers and sisters around me. Are y'all picking up and tracking with me? And by the way, I wanna pray right now. If you've got, I'm gonna tell you what to do. If you have a lost child or, or one that's in rebellion, look, I wanna want give you, I wanna give you, what do I do? Pray, don't preach. Pray, don't preach. Pray, don't preach. Live it before them. Don't lord it over them. Just live it. They're probably not going to turn to Jesus because of you. They're probably, if you'll just pray and live, they'll see the difference and God loves them more than you love them, he will send a witness on his behalf to them. You just love, and, and, I'm, and even Pastor Mamers, sometimes you don't pray your way through it, you praise your way through it. You just go, thank you, Jesus, I see them. They are born again. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm believing for it. You, I'm believing for it. joe pick that up? I believe for it. You said me and my household will be saved. So just pray, I also want to encourage you. Father, right now, let's all agree together. We pray for the lost children that are represented in this room. Father, we pray that you will send witnesses their way. Father, we pray a hedge of thorns around their feet to keep them from evil. Father, right now, we're believing that the word of God is true. When you said me and my household will be saved. So Father, we pray for witnesses to come across their path. Lord, that you will bring them to the bottom so their heart would be open to receive you. Thank you for your grace on them. Protect them. Watch over them. Keep them from pain or from harm. Keep them so they don't harm themselves. Watch over them, we pray. Bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus, we pray, and we believe for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Watch what happens. So he's got he's got, so he's got some wayward sons, greedy for money, accepting bribes, perverting justice. In verse 4, finally, all the elders of Israel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel, good on them. Someone coming to say to Samuel, this righteous man who's been a judge and a prophet, come to him and say, hey Sam, we gotta talk, bro. Look, they told him, you are now old and your sons are not like you. Parents, can I, can I just give you a little bit of grace? our children, when they don't do what they're supposed to do, we kind of take it as a reflection of who we are and our failure. Can I be honest with you? I don't think you really know if you've done a good job with your kids until they're 40. (laughs) So just, if your kids are under 40, just go, whew, I don't even know yet. because they need to grow up, have their kids, <laughs> and let their kids become teenagers and then they go turn back to you and go I'm so sorry mom and daddy. Please forgive me. You're old, your sons are not like you. And and they're they're doing the right thing. They're coming to show the blind spot to Samuel, but they're also they're they're going to they're come to him, but they're also going to bring a solution. And they say, "Now give us a king." To judge us like all the other nations have. So they were, they were correct in what they were seeing and identifying the problem. The problem was that they came with a solution that we're going to find out probably wasn't the best thing. Give us a king. It was the intention of God one day to give Israel a king. And, and I'll show you, and I can prove that to you in just a moment. But let me, let me give you, it, it's kind of where we are today. It's, it's, it's very similar. Look, they told him, you're old, your sons aren't doing, give us a king. There's two institutions that God created. First, the family. Adam, Eve, children. The family institution, a husband marries a woman, a man marries a woman, and they have children and it's called a family. That was not man's idea, that was God's idea. It's the institution of family. The second we find in New Testament right at the beginning of the book of Acts is we find the institution of the church. Right? those two were to be separated that there is going to be the or, or not, not those two the, the, the excuse me the family and the church were instituted by God. What happens they're going, hey, we don't need God anymore. We want the government to step into place, we want a king to rule over us instead of having family and church be the influencers of our nation. Now we want the government to be the influencer of our nation. Are you all tracking with me? And sometimes I, I think they're right. They're seeing they're seeing they're seeing the downfall, and but they want the government to step in, and so that it, it, and then the government starts reaching into the family. And into the church, isn't it kind of scary? It's it's kind of where we are. So uh, it, it was it was. Here's what you have to hear: It was always God's intention for there to be a monarchy, for there to be a king. In fact, I could show you. In fact, we, we look back at Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 14 through 20. And I'll read it quickly. It says, and this is, this is hundreds of years before. When God gave it. this to Moses, you're about to enter into the land the Lord God is giving you. When you take it over and settle there, you may think we should select a king to rule over us like the other nations around us. If this happens, be sure to select as king the man the Lord your God chooses. You must appoint a fellow Israelite. He must not be a foreigner. The king, watch what, must not build up a large stable of horses for himself. You must never return to Egypt. The king must not take many wives for himself because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. And he must not accumulate large amounts of wealth and silver and gold for himself. And when he sits on the throne as king, he must copy for himself the body of instructions on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priest. In other words, he's got to write down these rules in person in front of the priest so they can see that he wrote them down on a scroll. He must always keep that copy with him and read it daily as long as he lives. That way he will learn to fear the Lord as God by obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees. This regular reading will prevent him from becoming proud and acting as if he is above his fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from these commands in the smallest way, and it will ensure that he and his descendants will reign for many generations in Israel. What if our Congress had to get up every day and read the book of Proverbs? Ooh. So, uh, so you're, we're going to get Saul, but Saul, how many know the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing? The right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. You know what's coming after Saul, don't you? There's going to be a man, another king after Saul. We'll get into that in the coming weeks, but we know. But you know what it says about the second king? The second king should have been the first king because he was a man after God's own heart. It was David who would say things like this, I love his law. I have written the word of God in my heart so I may not sin against you. So I'm just telling you, let me translate it to common day. If we'll just read the word every day, he's telling the king king so you don't become proud read the word read the scroll every day if you if you'll just read it man it's amazing how when pride comes up in your heart if you'll read the word it'll judge it it'll speak to it and go man i shouldn't be acting the way i'm acting. i shouldn't have said that he'll just keep your heart in the are you tracking with me it's called yeah anyway but they wanted to be like other nations. It's not a good reason to choose a king. We want to be, oh, we always get in trouble when we want to look like the world. Did you know we're, we're supposed to be called a peculiar people? I went into a restaurant in one of our cities here in the region and uh, I saw some peculiar people. They're our brothers and sisters in Christ. But they're peculiar. They stand out. I could tell what church they attend by the way they looked. The girls had buns. Because their hair's never been cut. And they all wore dresses. Because they never wear pants. I call them bun heads. Affectionately. Affectionately. But I shouldn't say that, should I? Okay. Lord, forgive me for that. I shouldn't have said that. No, But how many, you know, good on them. At least you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. They stand a peculiar, hiding, I went to Israel, and you saw the men with the black hats with the curly hair that looks like hers. I thought she might be an Israelite. You know, the curly hair, you go, okay. They. I don't think it's the outside that God that we stand out by what's on the inside. And so a peculiar, we, we were never supposed to be like other nations. And, and Israel wasn't either. Watch what verse six says. Samuel was displeased with their request and he went to the Lord for guidance. Oh, what a great example. Look, when you don't know what to do, go to God. First, first person you ought to go, not your Girlfriend. Not your, not your brother. First person, Lord, I got to go to you for guidance. Lord, what, what should I do? Do everything. Look, look what God says. Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed their gods, and now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them, About the way a king will rule over them. So Samuel passed on the Lord's warning. I want you to listen to this. To the people who are asking him for a king. And watch what he says. This is how a king will rule over you. The king will draft your sons and assign them to chariots. And his charioteers making them run before his chariots. Some will be generals and captains in his army. Some will be forced to plow in his fields and harvest his crops. And some will make his weapons and chariot equipment. The king will take your daughters from you and force them to cook and bake and make perfumes for him. He will take away the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his own officials. He will take a tenth of your grain of your grape and your harvest He distributed among his officers and attendants. He will take your male and female slaves and demand the finest of your cattle and donkeys for his own use. He will demand a tenth of your flocks and will be his, and they will be his slaves. When the day comes, you will beg for relief from the king you are demanding, but then the Lord will not help you. But the people refused to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king. We want to be like other nations around us. Our king will judge us and lead us into battle. So Samuel repeated to the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord replied, do as they say and give them a king. Did, did you notice the, the yellow in there? Take. Take. Take, 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 take. There was a king that was coming. He is the king of kings. I I want you to hear what what you think about the king, the king of kings. I will give you a peace that passes understanding. I won't take from you. I'll I'll give you the Holy Spirit, and he will give you power to guide you along the way. I'll give you gifts, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, to bring you to a place of maturity so you can grow in the Lord and be at peace where you live. I will give you gifts. My Holy Spirit will come and give you gifts of faith. Words of knowledge, discernment, being able to discern between spirits. Is this good or is this evil? Do you hear the difference? One king will take, 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 take. You have a king that will give, 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 give. In fact, Jesus would say, I didn't come to this world to be served. But instead, he took off his his uh, apron and got down on a knee and washed the feet of his disciples and said, I've come to serve, not to be served. Yes. Yes. Come on, you ought to give God praise for that. We serve a king. We got a king. Oh, I, I don't have time. And please, please read along with us. Ah. Uh, Saul is going to be chosen. Saul doesn't want to be chosen. He, he's the scripture says he's a head taller than everybody else. He's he's a tall man, and so he's, he, he's 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 bigger than everybody else in the kingdom. He's he's good looking, so he's a total package. He's tall, tar, tall, dark, and handsome. Me, I'm two out of three. You know what I mean? That ain't bad. I'll take it. Here's what, here's what he says. And I'll just tell you the story because we don't have time. Victor is going to come back in, Victor, five minutes. Here's, here's where he's at. He's, um, he's tall, dark, and handsome, but he says things like this. Who am I? I am the least of my clan. In fact, when, when, when Samuel was going to anoint him as the king, he couldn't find him. Is he hiding? Saying, like, I, "I don't want to do this." He he, he was he was uh, insecure. He, insecurity. I don't, you know, it's, there's another word for insecurity. Pride. No, no, Pastor Jude, that's not pride. No, no, it's pride. You know, pride is self-centered. It's it's all about you. And pride manifests itself in two different ways. You know the big wheel pride. You know that where hey I'm here, but look at me. I'm all that. Where where it's all about you. But there's also another way that pride manifests itself. uh, Wiki Prattney called it the pride of the worm. It's I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want anybody to think about me. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything because I just don't want to. Who are they both thinking about? One, they just manifest themselves in different ways. And we're in the room, and we can divide the room probably in half. Some of us deal with the pride of the worm. I don't want to say anything because then everybody think. I don't want people to think. There, there's that side, and then there's the other side. I don't care. I'll tell anybody what I want to tell them because I think everybody needs to know my opinion. There's that side. And then there's the online side. No, I'm teasing. That was a joke. So we all wrestle with one way or the other. And, and, and it's internal. And so that's, that's Samuel. He's going to get anointed. And then he's going to see when the people rejoice, then what was on the inside begins to come to the outside. But it was still pride. And so he's going to come. He's going to have some victories He was a good military strategist. He's gonna have some victories and it's only going to feed the monster that is within him. Look at me. Sometimes God will relent to you and he will give you what you want to show you that it's not really what you wanted. Anybody, can I get a witness? When you got what you wanted to only find out it wasn't really what you wanted, you prayed to God. Oh, I asked Heidi, we were talking about it last night, and I said, baby, do you remember Remember? Remember what's, what comes to your mind? And she goes, what do you mean? When we prayed for something that we wanted, and God finally relented and gave it to us, and we found out it really wasn't what we wanted. She goes, what are you thinking? I said, 1991, Mitsubishi Gallant. oh we prayed we were poor prayed prayed man we walked into that dealership boy they showed it to us brand new new car smell you get in it you drive it and then they sit down how much can you afford oh uh, so they got they finally got the monthly note down to what we could barely afford not really afford And, you know, oh, your payments will only be for the next 25 years. Don't worry about it. And we go, but God, we can afford that. Let's get it. Let's get it. We prayed. Look what the Lord has done. He he wasn't blessing us. He was relenting to us to give us what we wanted to show us it wasn't really what we needed. Oh, I hate it. I still curse that car. It didn't take what three months? Three months? You're going. What did we do? That's how do. You? And there's nothing about. Listen, the new cars. There's nothing but wrong. If you could afford a new car and you get a new car, God's bless you. And you get a new car. Get a new car. We were just in a situation. We had no business getting a new car. None. Nada. But we prayed and fasted. We just didn't want to hear no. Here's Israel. Chapter 15. I'm fast forwarding all the way to the end so that you can where we can really land. Samuel said to Saul, I am the one I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you as king over his people Israel. So now listen to this message from the Lord. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you one thing. When one in, in the in-between, the in between chapter 8 and chapter 15, Israel's getting ready to go to war. And Samuel tells him, wait for me, I'll come. Because the, the, they always ask for the prophet or the priest to come and to provide sacrifices as they went into military battle. Because they knew that would bring the blessing of the Lord upon them. So they waited. Well, the people are there waiting. And he doesn't show up when they thought he was supposed to show up. God never really shows up when you think he's supposed to show up. He shows up when He's supposed to show up, when he wants to show up. And they're waiting. And so some of the people in the, in the church got tired of waiting. So they started leaving. And, and he just looked around and go, man, the people are grumbling now. Oh my, no, guys, we need to wait for Samuel, the prophet to come to provide the sacrifices. And he still doesn't show up. Another day goes by. And another, and more people begin to leave. Finally, he decides he's going to uh, provide the sacrifice himself. You know what that'd be like? It'd be like this morning, if it was time for Uncle Russ does the offering announcements and says, "Turn your attention to the screen." We had a little promo for small groups, and I didn't come up. And y'all just sit around 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And finally, Brian Alvarez decides he's going to give the word today. You know, that would be interesting, Brian. I'd be here for that. And you go, wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. So, government, the king, the church, he decides he's going to take care of all of it. And that was the day that Samuel said, the Lord is going to reject you as king. And he is going to search for a man after God's own heart. You overstepped your bounds. It, it, was, always kings and, it was always kings and prophets in the Old Testament. And they needed one another. But they had specific roles. And now Saul in his pride and his people pleasing, I don't want to lose the people. That's a bad place to be for a leader when you start pleasing the people. It's a bad place to be as a pastor where where I look at and go, I can't preach this message because I'm afraid you might leave. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not preaching the right message unless some of you are leaving. You either get right or you go, I can't stay anymore. Are, Are you tracking with me? And then we pray that you do get right and you return in Jesus' name watches. I'm going to pick up 15.1 again. Samuel said to Saul, I'm the the one the Lord sent to anoint you as king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they have done to Israel when they laid them as they came out of Egypt. Now go, attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women and children and infants, cattle and sheep and camels and donkeys. When you just read that at face value without understanding the context, that seems a little cruel, doesn't it? I mean, everything? Even infants? Okay. But you have to back up to understand what's going on. When Israel came out of Egypt, they have been slaved for 400 years. They have no military. They're not fighting men. They've been slaves, bricklayers. And when they come out, the Amalekites saw the weakness of them and came and did the same to Israel and attacked them, killing all their people. Killing, not all of them, but killing many of their flocks, children. And, and God promised that he was going to have vengeance on them one day. So this was repayment for what they had done to Israel. He's saying the Amalekites are going to pay for that. Because when you were most vulnerable, they came and exploited Israel. I don't know about you, but I do want a God who looks after me his son, and says, if you did something to Eugene, I'm going to take care of it. There's times I want to take care of it, but you don't have to, that's the beauty about God. You don't have to pay back if someone does you evil. God says, no, 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 I got that. I'll take care of that. You just keep serving me. So this is, he's going to use Saul as an instrument of his vengeance, of justice. It's justice. You, you, Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. This is justice. You, you have to understand that. So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Til- 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 Tilaim. 200,000 foot soldiers, 10,000 from Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and he set an ambush in the ravine. Uh, and and then they, let's see, let me pick up, say, in the ravine. I lost my spot. Then he said to the K- K- Kenites. Kenites, go away, leave the Amalekites so I do not destroy you along with them, for you showed kindness to Israel when they came out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur near the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agag, he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and all his people were destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared. Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves and lambs, and everything that was good. What were they told to do? Destroy it all. It was common when Bible days, when they went to war, for the soldiers to be able to take the plunder, are the spoils of victory it's a way that soldiers were paid for their work so they were they had that right to take it everybody tracking with me so far but this was not normal this was not battle a nation attacking a nation this was justice and god wanted justice he wasn't worried about that and and by the way Agag, when he spared Agag, I, I'm just telling, this is, this is Pastor Eugene thinking, right? Right here. When Saul spares Agag, the reason you would spare the king was so that you could parade him. So that who gets the glory? You would take a foreign king and say, look, we captured, so you could ride your steed and receive all the adulations. watch what the people do when they see saul spare a king then it gives the people permission to get the plunder if your leader's not going to be righteous then guess what the people are going to do they're going to be unrighteous as well and they start getting all the plunder and they're all disobeying the lord everybody tracking with me you see pride God won't stand for any of us when we start standing in the way to get the glory of what belongs to God. It's all Him. It's all Him. These were the they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak they destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, "I regret that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out to the Lord." or has not carried out, carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all the night. Early in the morning. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and he went to meet Saul. But he was told Saul had gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor has turned and gone down to Gilgal and when Samuel reached him Saul said look what Saul says the Lord bless you I have carried out the Lord's instructions can I tell you what what will hide pride in a man's heart He'll use religious language to hide his pride. He'll even come to church on Sundays to hide his pride. The Lord bless you. I've carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, what then is the bleeding of sheep in my ears? And what is the lowing of cattle that I hear? But Samuel said, and Saul answered. (laughs) Oh, it's the soldiers. The soldiers brought them. They they, they spared, they, 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 it was them. They spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice. (laughs) Look at him. He's going to get all religious now. Yeah, yeah. See, they, they did it to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But, but, but we, 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 we totally destroyed the rest of everything. Uh, I, I can remember walking, I was said, uh, we, we have a, a young man, he's not a young man anymore, but twenty probably close to 20 years ago that came to our Savior's church. And uh, I was in the office in Broussard, because that was the only campus we had back in those days. I was in the office and he came in and he pulled out his pocket and he had a wad of, of $100 bills. I mean, just a wad. And he came in and he goes, I'm here to pay my tithes and he started counting all the money and said, he said I'd like to give more than 10% and so he counted it all out so we could all see and I go dude what do you do and he goes oh I'm a gambler <laughs> and you go what did y'all do with that money the Bible says the wealth of the wicked was laid up for the hands of the righteous give me that money you're kidding me? <laughs> Come on, Hollis. Isn't that what I was supposed to do? Take that money. <laughs> you go, that's dirty money. Well, the, Lord, the devil doesn't have that money long enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> By the way, that young man is one of, what, he's now one of our, just one of our incredible entrepreneurs, businessmen, and that was just the way he made a living back in the day. He was a gambling machine. You, 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 you see this here in, in Saul. Now he's blaming everybody else. Look at me. Pride will cause you to shift the blame to everybody else but you. Is it everybody else? If it's, let uh, let me give you a clue. If it's everybody else, it isn't everybody else, it's you. Everybody at school and everybody and everybody and everybody else and I went down. It was everybody else and my teachers and mean, it's you. At my work, the boss and the bigger and the workers and everybody and everybody. It's not everybody. It's you. It's never everybody else. It's you. Pride. Enough. Samuel said to Saul, Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. And he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites, wage war until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? He's still fighting. But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission that the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag the king the soldiers took the sheep and the cattle from the plunder the best of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal you know what pride says pride thinks your way is better than God's way that's what pride says I'm going to amend the word of the Lord. I'm going to amend it. I'm going to add an addendum to it. I'm, I'm going to adjust what God has said. And then watch what happens. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Does, does the Lord delight in me attending church more than he delights in me obeying his word? Does the Lord obey me? I pay my tithes. Then he does in obedience to his word. I mostly obeyed. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of d- divination, and arrogance is like the evil of idolatry. Watch this because you have rejected the word of the Lord, He has rejected you as king. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us? Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me search my heart oh god if there be any wicked way in me search my heart search our hearts Lord is there any pride in us we are like Saul Saul's problem was Saul was his own king Saul was his own king The only reason why he wanted Samuel around was to serve his own purposes. To make him look good before people. We have a king that came to this earth, became one of us, and would take off his apron and Wash our feet. And by the way, he did it twice, and in both times he said, I set an example for you to follow. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I need more grace than I've ever needed in my life. And it only comes through humility. I I tell pastors, pastors this all the time look, get out of this. People are here to serve you. People are not here to serve you. We're here to serve God's people. We are the servants to the people in the house of God. That's our role. That's our job. We are a servant to the people of God. It's only through humility. And God, would you please ruin all the pride? Men, look at listen, Men, just let's be honest. Men wrestle with pride more than women do, naturally. I know women do wrestle with pride, but men wrestle with it more than women. Make sure you're here September 7th on Wednesday night. We're going to start meeting together. We're going to come as a church. The men are going to meet with the men. Make sure that you're here. We've we, 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 we got to attack this thing. We've we got to go after this thing. God's up to something. He's up to something in our world. He's up to something in our region. He's up to something in our very own community. Things are happening now in our community that we have not, I haven't seen in the last 12 years, but people who've been around here a long time said, I've never seen this happen. Pastors coming together, churches coming together, seeing things happen that we've never seen before. Usually that means God's up to something that he's never done before in our community and we better step in and be ready. And it's only going to be through humility. In Jesus' name. Do you receive this word today? Could you just, let's just take a moment before you clap. I just just want to leave. Let's just repent. Father, would you please forgive us? Forgive us for our pride. Forgive us, Father. Could you just, right there where you're at, just talk to him. Could you forgive us? The self-centeredness about me, I. Father, you said in your word, If we want to find our life, we need to lose our life. If we want to become the greatest in the kingdom, we have to become the least in the kingdom. Father, would you help us? We thank you, Jesus, for coming to die on a cross for each and every one of us to set the example of which we're to follow, to follow in the footsteps of our King. David wasn't perfect, but yet when he was faced he didn't make excuses, he repented. Father, may we see and hear the voice and repent quickly, for your promise was, with repentance comes refreshing from the Lord. So would you forgive us? Would you forgive us for our pride? Would you forgive me for pride? Hiding behind religious jargon? Thinking our sacrifice would cover up our disobedience? Would you forgive us? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, Thank you for the promise of your word that with repentance comes refreshing from the Lord. Everybody take a deep breath. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Would you lift your hands? Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We need your strength and your power. We confess, Father, our own weakness before you. I'm not able to live this life. I need you. I need your power and your strength. Would you feel me, Lord? Would you fill me? Would you fill me fresh and anew right now with your precious Holy Spirit? Fill me, Father, for your purposes and your glory and your honor. It's not about me. It's about you. And Lord, would you fill this congregation? It's not about our Savior's church, about what you want to do in our community. Reach the lost. And Father, I pray over them that they would have incredible courage and boldness, Lord, to represent you well in a community, not by lording over, but by living it out. Not by preaching, but by praying and and being a great example in our community. So Father, rid us of pride so we can walk in with humility and be used for your glory and your honor. Thank you for Samuels and Sauls and Davids who You you didn't cover any of it up. You laid it out there so we could even see our own selves and our own tendencies and weakness, our own blind spots. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. We receive it from you. And thank you for filling us fresh and new. We receive it today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give God all the praise? Nobody leaves just yet. Just stay. Take your picture. Take your picture. Read along with this. It's gonna get really, really good. It's coming up. We're coming up to David. We, we've had some bad examples of what not to do. Now you're going to see some good examples of what to do. It's coming up with King David. And uh, I, I just I, I don't I just want to make sure I give some, everybody the opportunity. Nobody moving. Just bow your heads, Christians. Pray right now. You're here today, and you don't know Jesus. You're not following Jesus. I'm not talking about a religion, a relationship with the King of Kings. He loves you. He he, he came to this earth and he died for you so that you could be forgiven of every sin you've ever committed. He took the judgment on him that we should have received ourselves for our own sin. And he's here today. And you go, Jesus said, you can't see the kingdom or enter the kingdom until you've been born again. And and, and you go, how do I get born again then? It's as easy as A, B, C. First, you have to admit that you're a sinner. You have to admit it. You you can't be like Saul and blame shift. You have to admit it and go, you know what? I got to own up and take responsibility for my own life. I've made some really selfish decisions. And I admit that I am a sinner. Be believed. Believe for it. We sang the song today. Believe for it. That Jesus died, but he also rose again. The death was for our sin. The resurrection was for our our eternal life. That means my last breath on earth, because I'm a follower of Jesus, will be my first breath in heaven. Heaven is real, and so is hell. See, confess him as the Lord. Make him the boss. Get off the throne of your own life, Saul, and put Jesus on the throne of it and follow him. If that's you today and you're ready to follow Jesus, to repent of your sins and make him the Lord of your life, I want to pray with you. Would you hold your hand up all over this room? You go, that's me today, I'm ready. Thank you, sir, I see your hand. Thank you, thank you, ma'am, I see it. Anybody else? Congregation, can we pray with them? Let's add our voice to theirs. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me, so I wouldn't have to go, and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I repent from my sin to be born again. Come on, let's declare, God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, the Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise?